Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In today's episode, we want to talk about a very difficult subject that's very personal for many people. This is National Suicide Prevention Week here in the United States, and we know that there are people in this audience who have lost somebody that they love to suicide. When this happens, of course, it inevitably raises questions that don't have good answers. When a Christian chooses to take their own life, It causes loved ones to wrestle with doubt about that deceased individual's eternal destiny. What does the Bible say about suicide? Is suicide effectively the unpardonable sin? Can someone who commits suicide still be saved? That's a tough question, but an important question. So I'm going to answer it theologically and pastorally. And I would preface it by saying, if you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, First of all, you need to get help. You need to get spiritual help. You need to talk to someone. And if you need counseling, you should do that. Um, And if you need help from a professional, a doctor, you should do that. Uh, You should not just condemn yourself for having these thoughts or struggles, but you should be able to get help. Uh, Now, theologically, we do believe that human life is a gift from God, that humans are created in the image of God. And therefore, it's a sin to take human life without cause, um, without just cause. And so suicide does fall in that category, that it's wrong. It is a sin. So I think we do need to teach as the church that taking of human life, abortion is an example, murder is an example, suicide is an example. We have to stand against that so that if someone is entertaining thoughts, They need to be reminded, no, this is against God's will. This is not acceptable. You must trust God. You must have faith in God. Suicide is rejecting faith in God because you don't think God can help your life. Uh, And it's a profound rejection of other people because you're hurting loved ones with a temporary desire to end the suffering for yourself. And while I don't want to trivialize that, what I want to emphasize is the church that human life is far bigger than our personal wants or needs or experience. And I I do realize that some people suffer with chronic pain or intense pain, maybe even emotional pain, but we believe that God has the answer for that. And and even with pain, physical pain, medical science can do amazing things to alleviate chronic and physical pain. But first and foremost, we we should trust God. And, And so we, yes, we need to say suicide is a sin, And therefore, don't consider that option. Instead, uh, recognize that God has a purpose for your life that's bigger than you. Recognize you have a church and a family uh, who love you. Recognize that even though pain seems to be unbearable, it can become manageable and you can be delivered, you can be healed, and you can find a higher purpose in life even despite pain. And we must trust what God's Word says in 2 Corinthians 12, that my grace is sufficient. And 1 Corinthians... um, Chapter 10, he will not put on us more than we can bear, but 
will with every temptation or every trial make a way to escape. So first of all, God will sustain you during your trial. And second of all, God will deliver you out of your trial. So have faith in God. Now, having said that, let's talk pastorally. What happens when somebody's already committed suicide and you're left with a family that's grieving and they've just heard, well, we know suicide is a sin. Uh, The last act that our loved one did was a sin, so therefore they're lost. And I would say in times like this, we can't compromise truth, but we can trust the grace of God. God is both just and merciful. He alone knows every situation. And so let me give you some possibilities. Obviously, when somebody commits suicide, they're distraught. It could be an actual mental illness or even a physical illness where there's a brain malady, a tumor, or some chemical imbalance that causes them not to think rationally. While if someone is contemplating suicide, we would never want to give them an excuse to act on that. But if someone has committed suicide, what if it was a true physical illness, a brain tumor that caused them to act irrationally? Or what if it's intense emotional distress or or even a classifiable mental illness where they weren't thinking straight? Is it possible that God could say, I will not hold them accountable for, for their sin? So I'm not prepared to excuse a suicide, but fortunately, God is the judge. I'm not the judge. I give the general principles. God makes the decisions. So I'm the lawyer who makes the case of here's what the law says, but God is the judge who decides here's how I'm going to apply the law. And we know that however God applies it, it's going to be right. But we also know if there's any way to be merciful, he will be merciful. So I do think there's always the thought of a physical, emotional, or mental illness so severe that impaired their judgment to the extent that God would say, I don't hold them accountable. Just like God would not hold a child accountable or uh, someone who's mentally handicapped accountable. Uh, someone who has Alzheimer's accountable. So it could be in this specific situation, whether of a long-term or temporary nature, God could say, I'm not going to hold that person accountable. The second thought is this. Now, some forms of suicide are instant, but others are over time. Somebody may drown themselves. Somebody may take pills and gradually drift off into unconsciousness. And, and, or even somebody can use a gun, but the the... Uh, They're not killed instantly. Is it possible that in some moments between their act and their death, even if they were semi-conscious or as far as we could tell, not conscious, but maybe there was a God consciousness, could it be? And I think this could be especially true in the case of someone who's been born again but strayed. Could it be that God in his mercy would speak to them in those hours or even minutes between the time they made the decision and performed the act and the time they actually finally died, whether they had some time of consciousness that we could tell if we were there could talk to them or whether they were in a semi-conscious or as far as we know, an unconscious state. But yet we know God can speak to people in their sleep and God can speak to people that seemingly are in a coma or some unconscious state, but yet later they recover and they tell us that they had experiences. So could it be that God would reach in one final moment of mercy and to say, well, you made such a bad choice 
and you did so wrong and you violated my word, so I'm not going to rescue you and bring you back to life. I'm not going to restore you. You're going you're gonna to have to reap what you sow, but I will give you one chance of mercy. Will you repent? Could it be? So while I can't guarantee that, as a pastor, I've had to deal with situations, and I'll be honest with you, uh, we've had ministers. It's few and far between, but we've had ministers, our minister spouses, who've committed suicide. In those cases, I would like to say, let's trust the race of God. Number one, perhaps there was a mental or physical illness of which we may or may not have knowledge. Number two, there may have been one last opportunity known only to God that that person would find a place of reconciliation. And I would like to offer that hope as much as is possible. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time when once again we take a look at how the Bible applies to our everyday lives.